Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, everybody. Hour number two of your Ben Jarofsky show for Friday, January 17th is just moments away. Before we get into that, we need to thank the following unions for sponsoring this program. Unions like the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local 126 and District 8. They sponsor the program as well as the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9. The International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150 are sponsors as well as our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. Hour number two. Let's go. Friday, January 17th, and live from the Chicago Sun-Times, Chicago Reader Studio on Racine Avenue, this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. In this hour of the program, Bernie, Warren, Warren, Bernie, we're talking with our good friend Candace Castillo, and Mr. Bike is back, I repeat, Mr. Bike is back. Dave Glowatz, our city council correspondent. And now your host, Adam Sandler correspondent. <laughs> he loves that guy. Chicago Raider columnist Ben Jarowski. I love Adam Sandler. I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit it. And I think he... Adam Sandler. Don't you love Adam Sandler? And Candace, have you seen Uncut Gems? I have not. It's awesome. Uh, I urge everybody to see it. If for no other reason, we're about to, uh, I know we're not going to, we weren't scheduled to talk about this, but the city of Chicago is embracing bringing a casino downtown. And folks that treat uh, gambling as though it's nothing, a walk in a park. And I know a lot of people uh, who deal with addiction to gambling and cannot stop chasing that money, that dollar. And that is the character that Adam Sandler plays. And he does a great job in the movie Uncut Gems. It's all about a compulsive gambler. I got to see it. I had a friend actually in college and she was addicted to online gambling. Yeah. As a college student, it's like. She, this was the early 2000s when it was new, and online gambling, she just couldn't stop. Yeah. I, I, I got friends like that. They just chase it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. you, still, you lose it, but I can get it back if I go here. And uh, yeah, and you chase it, that online gambling, it's so easy. Uh, and Adam saying, I'm just, I'm not, I don't want to give away anything in the movie other than to say it's a great movie. Uh, and the Sandman deserved an Oscar nomination. All right, before uh, we well, take... Oscar's so white. I mean... Talk about It's that. not... There's a lot of black and brown movies that are always locked out of Oscars, including the Oscars being as white as it is wasn't surprising after um, When They See Us was locked out of the Golden Globes. Mm, yes, that was so, a couple I years mean, ago, yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't... That was this year. Actually, it, when it they this, see it, yep. Was it 2019 or 2018? 19. It was the Golden Globes that just passed. So it was expected that Oscar was going to be as white as it was after um, the Golden Globes were. So, I mean. 
So when you were a kid, did you watch the Oscars? For the dresses. So you did watch them, yeah. For, for the, the dresses. dresses. My mom was a seamstress, so we if we wanted to know what was coming up that prom season, we watched for the dresses, the Grammys too, all the award shows. Now I watch the dresses on Instagram, so I don't have to. You don't watch even it. watch the Oscars at all. Would you watch the Grammys? No, because like the guests before me, I don't know I don't anybody know any who's performing. I'm like, really? That's that's how they look. They sing that song. Mm, I don't think you should be watching this. Whatever. I can't. I can't anymore. Now wait. All right. Before we go, uh, D has an update. You you uh, dropped a bombshell on me <laughs> right before you came on, and uh, so I'm going to ask you a follow up to it. You said it's okay to ask you, but uh, we were talking about Michael Jackson, and 1987 was the year of Man in the Mirror, which is one of the great Grammy performances of all time. Uh, and then you dropped a bombshell. Your son, did you say, is a Michael Jackson imitator? Did I get yeah. that right? Impersonator? So Jaden has been a Michael Jackson impersonator, paid gigs and all since he was four years old. This was not my doing. One day I had um, more than enough of the children's program, Yo Gabba Gabba, and I <laughs> had to watch the thriller video for action we were doing when I worked for SEIU Local One. Shout out to Local One um, for Halloween, and we had to learn a thriller dance. And I watched it, and Jaden was scared, and he wanted to watch more and more Michael Jackson videos. So I took him to daycare that Monday, didn't think anything of it. And his daycare provider was like, who's a home care provider? Shout out to HCII, SCIU. She, uh, she said, Candace, he knows all the steps from Thriller. And she was the first one who put him in talent shows and block club performances and stuff like that. And just went on from there. So he does he sing lip sync to actual Michael Jackson uh, songs or does he sing them himself? So in the beginning, it was just lip singing and dancing. Um, but Jaden is now one of the newest members of the Chicago Children's Choir, um, Beverly chapter. So now he is singing the stuff. But a gig is every now and then now. It's not as much as it was when he was a little younger. Well, maybe we'll bring him on the next time you're on and we can do Michael Jackson songs together. Oh, Lord. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, have you t had a discussion with him about Michael Jackson's, uh, the allegations against Michael, Michael Jackson? Or you haven't got to that point yet? No, not yet. Um, it's coming, though. Mm -hmm. Because questions, he... YouTube generation, right? Everything's on YouTube. So what did Michael Jackson go on trial for is a question I found him asking Alexa the other day. So <laughs> there you go. So the conversation is starting soon. But if you want to see something something interesting, um, one of the Inglewood Aldermen, there's a dance battle between one of the Inglewood Aldermen and Jaden that's floating around on Facebook. It's one of the five that had the meeting on. Uh, and they're in this in the video Tuesday. together dancing off. It's a dance battle. Jaden won, and it's not Alderman Woman Jeanette Taylor. <laughs> can I give? Can you give me initials? D M. Oh, Seventeenth Ward's <laughs> Pride and Joy. <laughs> David Moore, the Pride and Joy, Simeon High School. A lot of people don't know that. He was correct. Simeon. Thank you, uh, Senator. Uh, he went to Simeon High School. David Moore. Um, Yes, indeed, Auburn Gresham. All right, D. Before we uh, take the deep dive with Candace, 
uh, Bernie versus Warren loved to get her thoughts about uh, this developing battle between the, the progressives in the race. Uh, what do you got for me? You got an update? Yeah, a few updates here. First off, our first Yo Gabba Gabba reference on the Ben Jarofsky show. <laughs> I knew it would come. I knew it would come. Yes. <laughs> all right. We do have a few updates here. Uh, first off, still don't know where Alderman Marty Quinn went to high school. Still looking for that. I Turn- think it was Brother Rice, but Man. I could be wrong. Yeah, it turns out no one cares enough to post it online. <laughs> I'll probably stop caring about it in about five minutes, yeah, so you, we'll probably I, never know. I, I completely forgot about that. So, <laughs> All right, yes, we are about to talk all things Bernie, Elizabeth Warren, handshake gate in the 2020 presidential election with Candace Castillo. And Ben, I say you and your Chicago Reader colleague, Maya Dukmasova, booked your Bernie Warren show at the hideout at oh, yeah. a perfect time. Yes, we did. It's Tuesday, February 4th, 1354, West Wabanzia. Ben, you got two representatives, one Bernie, one uh, Elizabeth Warren. Why don't you tell everybody all about right, it? All right, uh, Candace Castillo's good friend and co-partner in crime, uh, a radio show they do at some station, I forget the name of it, uh, <laughs> and WCU oh. Later, I think it's called. No, it's WCPT 820. They fired you. Oh, right, that one. Yeah, uh, anyway. Anyway, uh, a good a dear friend of mine, I love him anyway, uh, Brandon Johnson. Uh, he'll be there representing Elizabeth Warren. He loves Elizabeth Warren, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and Carlos Ramirez Rosa, the pride and joy of the 35th Ward, uh, graduate of Whitney Young High School. How about that? Uh, he will be there representing Bernie Sanders. The trash talking between Carlos and Brandon is intense. Uh, oh, man. You know, <laughs> I tell you. Uh, and it's going to be a great night. I'm looking forward to it because say what you will about Bernie or Elizabeth whether you like him or not, uh, Carlos Ramirez Rosa and Brandon Johnson have the gift of gab. Uh, can, they can talk. They can make their cases. People don't. Brandon's kind of uh, mellow when he does the show. You know, he's laid back, but in uh, live, well, she's looking at me mellow. But he's, you know, he's more or less keeps it. Commissioner calm. Brandon Johnson and the word mellow have never <laughs> have gone ever been mellow? in the same sentence. Well, when you get him live, he he's he's got some power. He's going to bring it. And Carlos is no joke. He could talk too. So I'm looking forward to it's, it. It's Tuesday, February 4, 1354, West Wabanzia at the hideout. First Tuesday with Ben Jarofsky and my Duke Masabo. YouTube live stream chat. We're going to be going to you before the end of the program because we are asking everybody. Well, we here on the Ben Jarofsky show. We're celebrating. I know, Ben, you forgot all about this, but we're celebrating. Yes, we are. (laughs) It's Jamie Pritzker's birthday on Sunday. I'm not a perfect person. Uh, And we're sitting here trying our darndest. (laughs) We're trying our darndest here on the Ben Jarofsky Show to figure out what the hell do you get a guy who has everything for his birthday? That's the question we're asking you on the YouTube live stream chat. Head over there, answer the question, and we'll be reading your comments at the end of the program. You can weigh in as well, Candace Castillo. What do you get a guy who's got everything? He's a billionaire. A horse farm. Okay. He already has a horse farm. All right. Toilets. Oh, he already has uh, Yeah, Brianna, Brianna was on the live stream chat. She said a plunger. Oh, wait, he doesn't need one because oh, he yeah. has no toilets. Oh. All right. Uh, those toilet jokes are old, okay? No, they're great. Keep uh, them coming. How about a uh, a bong? He just passed the legalized reefer, All man. All right. So- <laughs> but Candace was going to say something's going to get her in trouble, so <laughs> go ahead. A yo gabba gabba bong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, man. <laughs> J.B. Pritzker loves Steve Miller, and he loves the Eagles. Get him the greatest hits of the Eagles. I love the Eagles, but did you know that? He got lo- Do you even know who the Eagles are? I know who the Eagles are, <laughs> but I think J.B. Pritzker maybe has every Eagles everything known to mankind. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Played at their wedding. Right, played at their <laughs> wedding. Yeah. They'll be over for dinner next week. I mean... <laughs> 
Like he has all of that Valid stuff. point. Valid so point. maybe if he was given a real eagle by the eagle, oh, that would be something whoa, different. Whoa. Uh, We're going to be talking about this later on as well, guys. Well, the the uh, serious answer to the question, uh, the goody good two answers, the fair tax. Give him the fair tax. Give him How about the fair that? tax. Or because Jaden is also the political whiz in my house, he is the biggest fan of J.B. Pritzker because he feels like he looks like Fred Flintstone. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I like him too. Give him something Fred Flintstone. All right, get him. Uh, the new the, the views and opinions of Jaden are those of Jaden and do not necessarily reflect those. Of the the views of Candace. Either. Yeah, or Candace. Uh, yeah, J.B. It was the kid that said it, not us. Now, give him the fair tax. That's what he really wants. He doesn't need anything else, and he, he certainly doesn't. Does. Need and you're absolutely right. He, I'm sure he owns tons of Eagle albums. Uh, all right, Candace Castillo, uh, enough goofing around. Let's put you in the hot seat here. Uh, you are generally a fan of Elizabeth Warren. Am I correct about that? Eileen Warren. You lean Warren. Well, let me say this, because Go. this has come up mm-hmm. a number of times for me. Sans... Bloomberg or Buttigieg, I would vote for whoever the Democratic nominee is. Let me let me put that out there right now. If the Democratic nominee is Biden, I'm going to vote for Biden. Buttigieg, I might write here Washington's name in, but <laughs> I, I am going to vote for the nominee because giving Trump another four years would ruin the courts, period. And that is my primary objective. Now, do I lean Warren? Yeah, I'll tell anybody I lean Warren. Um, Anybody who brings up the mortality rate of black women in childbirth, who is not a black woman, deserves all the kudos Mm -hmm. from me. And that is one of my direct issues. So, yeah, I leaned her, and I did get to meet her, and I did have a conversation with her, and it was about the asthma rates of black and brown children in the inner city. Yes, that's why I leaned Warren. I've also met Bernie Sanders, and I didn't have that conversation with Bernie. Which one? Uh, either one of those. Either one of those conversations with Bernie. And maybe it is because she might be more of a personable person. Maybe it is, it is a personality thing, but policy-wise... I also lean more Warren. But if Bernie is the nominee, Mm -hmm. if Elizabeth drops out tomorrow, Bernie will be my candidate. Mm -hmm. And I'll go full steam for him in the primary. But as of now, I lean more Warren. All right. I I do this. uh, I have my top five that I do. Uh, You still have five? Yeah, I've had the same, I say five for about a month now. Uh, and, uh, but it's a, I always say this, it's kind of a big fall off between number two and three, four, and five, if you okay. follow what I'm saying. Uh, and so I asked guests to come to the studio, well, who are your top five, you know? And uh, so, for instance, uh, your dear friend Stacey Davis Gates uh, said she only has two. And she could only put two on the list, right? Wasn't it SDG who said that? So she said she only has two. Uh, uh, and she didn't pick one or the other because she's 
playing it safe. <laughs> SDG, playing it safe. Uh, Bernie and... By the uh, way, that's Stacey Davis Gates. Yes, okay. Uh, Bernie and uh, Elizabeth. And then uh, we had a, a, a social a Democratic Socialist, Robin Peterson, in the studio. I asked her who her top five was, and she thought she was slick. She said, Bernie, 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 and Bernie. Shout so, out to Robin. She thinks she's slick. And it's the notorious SDG. Yes, notorious <laughs> Oh, whoa! We should have been doing that a long time ago. I know. Why didn't I think that? Yeah. You know, maybe I wouldn't have been fired if I thought a great thing. I got like it on that. a T-shirt. <laughs> oh, do you really? Already? We should talk about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to put that <laughs> on next time she comes in. The notorious SDG. Um, so, all right. Uh, uh, so I have five. After I rounded out with uh, Yang, Klobuchar, and Joey Biden. And I think it's a generational thing. I'm old, so uh, I tend Yang? to get... Uh, yeah, well, no, Joey Biden. I tend to give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, my younger guests and my millennial guests are really hard on him because they just do not understand anything he did uh, before he became vice president for Barack Obama. And a lot of them don't understand the things he did when he was vice president for Barack Obama. Okay, so yes, I am. Um, I like to refer to myself as a zillennial because I am in the middle mm -hmm. of that. I'm in the very beginning of millennials, right? But I will say I do understand things he did before he was the vice president. And he was more considered on a progressive end before he was vice president. He was a guy you didn't want around a hot mic because he would say exactly what was on his mind. And usually it was the right thing. Yes, his votes suck. His votes to go to war sucked. But also, the world pre-Donald Trump was a world that it took horse trading to get things passed. Mm -hmm. So even though I don't like some of the deals he made, it was a deal he made for something that he believed in. So I am not the person that says Biden is the worst person in the world. What we need to go back to is Trump is the worst person in the world. And Vice President Pence is like actually worse than Trump. So we can talk about how the war in Iraq was a dangerous decision, but also uh, killing the second in command in Iran was also a dangerous decision. So I understand what Biden did. So it, it, it's ridiculous to just say he we wouldn't vote for Biden, but you would vote for Trump. Yeah. No, or just uh, sit it out. And uh, so I don't, yeah, I don't buy into that at all. So Biden is uh, on my list. Uh, now, you said you would not vote for Pete Buttigieg if he were the nominee. Did I hear you correctly? I wouldn't vote for Pete Buttigieg if he's a... Why do you say that? Because racism is racism. And his track record in South Bend when it comes to black people is not what we need in America, especially not at this time. I don't think there's much of a difference when of his ideas of black folks as Donald Trump's is. Wow. You believe that? I truly believe that. Um, I also believe, I'll, I also believe all of them have a certain degree of privilege, including Bernie. But his privilege is more than a lot of other people. Explain what you mean by privilege. Privilege as far as my education, my serving in the Marines. And yes, I'm yes, I have deep faith. And yes, I'm gay. 
but that doesn't remove the fact that you have been afforded all of these opportunities because you are a white man, period. And even the convenience of coming out as a gay white man because there's a degree of privilege in that. Ayanna Presley just came out about having alopecia. And there are some people in the right wing media that are blasting her. She has a disease she can't control. That's that that is a black woman having a disease she can't control and the media is killing her for it Mm -hmm. versus a white man saying he's gay and he's and that's a degree of privilege to be able to do that, to be able to come out and say you're gay and get no splashback behind that. So, man, I I wasn't going to ask you this, but you raised it. What was your attitude about the city council's uh, debate yesterday? We're probably going to be talking about this at greater length with Dave Glowatz on the issue of should there be set-asides, contractual set-asides for gay-owned businesses. I have a lot of mixed feelings about it, and it's not because I don't think there should be contractual set-asides for LBGTQIA businesses. But it depends on what lens they look at it from. If they look at it from a black and brown um, trans or queer lens, Mm -hmm. then fine. Because they're looking at the people that are discriminated against when it comes to business ownership is a trans black or brown person. It's not the white guy that owns businesses in Boys Town. And actually what they need to study is how black and brown uh, people of the LBGTQIA are discriminated against in Boys Town or all over this city. So, but the lens they're looking at it from. Mm-hmm. It and I want to know who's going to do the work to try to study it and the lens they're going from. That was a big deal to me. But uh, it, this hurts way deep down inside to say because I like them personally. I never thought I would agree with Walter Burnett. <laughs> <laughs> It's the cup that's sitting there, right? It is. It's the cup. It's a Walter Burnett cup. cup. I never thought I would agree with some of the things he said. And it's not that he didn't vote for it, because he definitely voted for it. But it is a thing of black and brown business owners, male and female, are discriminated against in Chicago on the regular basis. There needs to be a study of the discrimination of uh, WBE and MBE business owners in the city of Chicago in general, Mm -hmm. in general. So I do agree with some of that. Now, shout out to the Alderwoman of the 49th Ward, Maria Haddon, Mm -hmm. and shout out to the mayor, because I think there are, their hearts were in the right place in this, but there were some things on how they were said yesterday that were that I can see as being very hurtful. But let's look at it from the right lens mm-hmm. because their experiences as queer women of color is different if from the lens of a white queer man. That that's it's totally different. Yeah. Uh, and uh, like I said, we'll get into this more when Dave Glowatz comes on. I'm sure he's going to have clips uh, from the city council meeting. And I, 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 I'm I'm all over the map, as I told D yesterday, because I talked about this at length. That's his name. The name uh, of his next podcast, by the way. All I'm all over, over the, the map. Yeah, because he asked me a question. I'm like, well, gosh, I can see both sides of the story. But like I but I think you're you share my all over the mapism on this. Yeah. one. Because I like Lori Lightfoot. 
you know, she was right to uh, criticize some of the, the rhetoric that was used in the reference to the, a terrible Adam Sandler movie, I should add. Not even a good Adam Sandler movie. Uh, but on the other hand, you know, I've been a, I'm an old guy. I've been around this town a long time. Black people get screwed in the city for as long as I can remember. It's like always somebody else gets at the front of the train. And um, that that let's deal with the one problem before we try to correct another problem as well. Well, I will say this. Let's, let's not act like we ask city of Chicago aldermanic employees or aldermen to learn about the cultural things that have happened in this city and other places to other communities. We don't. Mm. And if you sit there long enough, you will realize that you're right. Some of the white uh, members of city council do not no basic things that we can find at the DuSable Museum or some of the black members in city council do not know some of the horrendous history and some of the proud history that Puerto Ricans in Chicago have had to deal with. They just don't know. And a lot of them do know, but some of it is weird. It's not a cross-cultural thing. It's like I'm a black straight guy and why would I learn anything about Harvey Milk or any uh of the gay rights movement that has happened in Chicago or anywhere else. Yeah. Uh, all right. We're uh, that's like the other line I said today. You know, on a Monday they're going to celebrate uh, with the breakfast, uh, Dr. King, for an hour, and then they go back to fighting. That's how it goes in the city of Chicago. One hour a year for Dr. King, and the rest of the year for fighting. All right. Let's talk about Bernie and Elizabeth Warren. That's what I've been promoting. Your conversation, your thoughts on that. Uh, Oh man, Tuesday. I they did not do the progressive cause uh, a lot of justice, uh, Candace, with their squabble. Uh, how did you see it? Uh, what went down during the debate between the two of them? So let's not act like women, women in general, are not told in politics on the regular basis that it's going to be harder for you to be elected or you're not soft enough or you're not electable or just a myriad of things of, you know, you're a girl, I don't think you can do it. Because it happens a lot. Do I personally think it did the progressive side any justice? In getting votes? No, not really. But is it a conversation that needs to be had? Yes, because there is a lot of misogyny in the progressive movement here. And I'm sorry, wasn't that one of the issues with Bernie's campaign the last time? So it's not far-fetched to think he said it, but it's also not far-fetched to think she may be carrying it a little bit too far. Uh, What do you mean by that? It might have been a closed door conversation of, look, with the American Indian thing, your electability might be a little less than it was in 2015, 2016. And that's real. Um, Versus, I don't think you're electable because you're a woman. It may be being played up by her campaign, but I don't believe he just didn't say it at all. I'll put it to you this way. I believe that the reason the Warren campaign introduced it, and let's 
that's where it came from, the Warren campaign. Because there's only two people who knew about the conversation. There were Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. So my guess is, of those two, the story was leaked by Elizabeth Warren's campaign. And my guess is, just political, political strategy, put your political strategic hat on, uh, Elizabeth Warren's people figured, you know what? There's a lot. If, if we're going to make inroads into Bernie's vote, we got to play this up. This is an issue that could maybe have resonance. Uh, this could turn women against Bernie Sanders. It could remind women what went down in 2016 with all the Bernie bros and all their nasty attitude toward Hillary. So let's go for it. It's a campaign, Candace Castillo. It's not kumbaya around the campfire. And so they unleashed it. Uh, that is my humble opinion of what went down. And you know what? Hey, camp, all is fair in love and war. All is fair in campaigns. But it it did not win them any votes with black and brown voters, which both of them are underwater with. It did not it did not make them any friends. And honestly, it's before Iowa, right? The truth of the matter is everybody's gonna shift depending on how people come out of Iowa. The, the fact is if Klobuchar does better in Iowa than people think she will, she'll have a better shot going into South Carolina if her money lasts that long. And that's real. If Warren can't pull at least third in Iowa, then her numbers are going to go down. And if Bernie can't, then bye-bye Bernie. <laughs> I mean, that's... Bye-bye Bernie. That's, he'll, yeah. be, he'll be around because yeah. he has the money to be around. Yeah. But he won't be there. Iowa's going to change some things. That didn't help get any votes in Iowa. I don't think it helped or hurt. That's what I said. It did not do the progressives any good. It wasn't like a legitimate discussion of women in politics. It was like a he said, she said, and then she wouldn't shake his hand. And then, then they, you know, he, she said, you call me a liar. And he said, you call me a liar. And Well, I like how she turned it around, how she said, hey, Klobuchar and I were the only people up here to win every election. Oh, that was a good counterpunch, yeah. So I kind of I kind of like that one. However, I do feel like not shaking hands was just petty. Now, when you are traveling that much, when you are under that much stress, it is easy to be petty. Oh, believe me. Uh, Alderman Taylor likes to call me Petty LaBelle for a reason. <laughs> I am very... She calls you Petty LaBelle. She has petty names for everybody in the office. I am Petty LaBelle. I am the original type of old school Petty, according to her. Who's Tom Petty? <laughs> Wait a That's minute. That's a good one, and that would probably be Juwan. I will have her call. Juwan is our constituent service director. I will have him call Tom Petty and Joan, who is our economic development director, Director is Petty Onset. So, why did they call you Petty Labelle? Because I'm the original Petty. So, you know, in other words, you hold a grudge. <laughs> I I can, I can, or I could just be Petty for that moment. But when you're under a lot of stress, mm -hmm. it's easy to be Petty. It's easy to be like, no, I don't like you, and I'll never like you again. But just think about what what went down at that debate. I I, I actually thought about this. Uh, Elizabeth Warren, this, I, I'm, I'm going to give her a compliment. In a, uh, I think this is shows um, the ability to juggle many different things at once. Think about this. She's in the middle of debate 
very important debate to her. She has to think on her feet, deal with these crazy questions. We're going to get into that, CNN's questions. Love your thoughts on that. Uh, she has to deal with these crazy questions, has to articulate her worldview uh, in snappy uh, sound bites, and she remembers her lines. And those are all prepared lines. She, she delivered them really well. That great counterpunch, you're absolutely correct. Uh, although she kind of lost it a little bit with the Bernie thing on the 30 years and the, yeah. uh, that was some weird stuff. Uh, <laughs> what the heck that was. But then the whole time she's doing that, Candace, in the back of her mind, she's really irritated at Bernie. Because think about it. You talk about Patty LaBelle. She kept that in the back of her mind throughout the whole debate, the summary, you know, I'm Elizabeth Warren, vote for me. And then as soon as the debate's over, she goes right over to Bernie you called me a lot. She kept that in the back of her mind while she did all the other stuff. But look, at the same time, that's in the back of her mind, so is impeachment. At the same time, as soon as they got off the stage or if they had their phones on stage, which I'm pretty sure most of them had, mm -hmm. anytime they looked down before they looked back up and smiled, they were getting all of these this new revelation coming out during the debate, which CNN did not ask one question about or didn't even update them about on stage, which was malpractice on their end. But yes, of course, all of that was in the back of her mind and had probably been in the back of her mind for days. Mm. Like, I can't believe he's saying I'm lying. Yeah. And what else was he going to say? Yeah. However, I think I'm going to give Bernie some credit when he said, let's not do this here. Yeah. That was the right thing to say. That was the right thing to say. Because if, she, if they would have done that on stage, forget impeachment. That that would have just been news. Yo, that would have been the big, we, would, yeah, that would have been dominated. And this is getting way too much coverage. This little petty beef is getting way too much coverage because it's petty. Oh, it is petty, and that's coming from Petty LaBelle. Now, uh, let me ask you. <laughs> I love Petty LaBelle. Anyway, uh, let's get down to CNN. Get your thoughts on CNN, man. We raked them over the coals yesterday. That was some of the worst, oh, most we weren't the only ones. biased question. I mean, everybody's raking them over the coals for different reasons. Bernie got totally screwed in that question. Uh, where did he give him? I just... mean, and it was obvious. Like, <laughs> no, I didn't lie. So what did you think when he lied on you? Yeah. I mean, that was just like, really? Yeah. I will say, though, not only do I think the question sucked, and it was the weakest debate. It was the most boring debate. And it was everybody's weakest debate. Klobuchar didn't have a great night. Buttigieg didn't have a great night. <laughs> Nobody had a great night. Now, I can say it was because of the lack of color on stage and there was nobody really fighting back, but there was no new anything that got proposed that night yeah. except for Bernie and Elizabeth, which is what everybody wanted to happen. Uh, you know, well, the, the, the implicit bias in the questions, uh, like when they ever ask, 
whenever they ask Bernie or uh, Elizabeth Warren about health care, how can we afford this? Uh, the implicit bias in that question where they don't ask them, how can we afford a tax break for the wealthy or how can we afford the bu- uh, the military budget? It's just an implicit bias uh in that question the worldview or when they ask bernie a question you know uh that that lines him up with uh the iranian uh uh supreme leader i mean there's just an implicit bias against lefties in their questions the worldview the way they frame them and it's the same thing i see in chicago politics so it goes national politics there lefties the reason why it's so hard for lefties to get a stand is because they're up against so much and you know i say this all the time i look at where black politics has gone uh in this city i'm looking for champions of progressive politics really out there progressive politics who are black people jeanette taylor is one at the top of the list i put her there obviously but you know it's like well people tell me ben i you know how many times people told me candace black people are conservative basically ben they're conservative i'm like funny jesse lewis jackson ran for president in 1988 with the same platform of bernie sanders i didn't see any black conservative he got 80 plus percent of the black vote so please don't tell me that black people are conservative they always tell me black people are conservative when they want to justify black people not supporting like a lefty platform do you understand what i'm saying i don't know i totally get what you're saying uh Black people tend to skew conservative because they look at their senses on LBGTQIA and we go to church. But that's where our conservative stance is in. Black politics in Chicago, it is hard for anybody who wants to have a lefty agenda in Chicago to get support in general. It's only so many labor dollars is going to go around. It's only so many institutional support that is going to go around. So you get developer help and you get help from other rich people who may be not the most left. So when you want to come out against something that's Sterling Bay, but you took dollars from a black contractor that is attached to that program, it's kind of hard to come out as that. And when you have machines like ROM machine, like Daily's machine, that kept black politicians in the money, it's kind of hard to cut off your war chest then. And it goes into this presidential campaign, right? When people say, oh, black people won't go for that. It's not that black people won't go for that. It's that, one, it hasn't been explained. And two, you can't just, black people are more than fried chicken in a church sermon. (laughs) Period. Mm -hmm. We want more. We are not, politically, we are not a monolith. In Chicago, we are not a monolith. But we need more from our presidential candidates, our mayoral candidates, our aldermanic candidates than a chicken dinner and a church service. And for way too long in Chicago, in the state of Illinois, in the nation, it's been a chicken dinner and a church service. And until these presidential candidates stop taking the black vote for granted, because I think Biden is taking the black vote for granted. 
Every poll has said he got it in a bag. Yeah. He only has it in the bag because that's the name that we know. Mm-hmm. Right? So let's stop thinking that these church sermons and chicken dinners are enough. Let's get on the ground. Let's actually talk to people. Let's knock doors. And everybody says, oh, it's a black mare. Lori Lightfoot is a black mare. And it's because she's a queer woman that the Black Caucus is giving her a hard time. No. It's that because Rom's machine is gone. And so is Daly's machine. And there is no machine. So people actually have the gall to fight back when they see something that's adversarially affecting their community. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there we need more Alderman Jeanette Taylors. We need more people that are willing to speak their mind and say, hey, enough is enough. This isn't right. My community isn't getting. And we need to do that on a national level, on a state level, on a county level. We need to say that. Mm-hmm. All right, that's Candace Castillo. We're going to have to... Uh bring on take a break bring in our next guest dave glowatz who's going to be our uh, city hall correspondent candace has got uh, clips from wednesday's meeting he's going to be playing for us analyzing what went down uh on wednesday's meeting but before you leave the studio uh, i gotta ask you your thoughts on impeachment uh we what we day two day one i've lost track now uh we've been talking so much about it uh, day the, two Day two, thank you, sir. Um, You think this is good for the Democratic Party? Do you think it's good for the country? Uh, What's your thoughts on it? I think it's good for the country. I don't know if it's good for the Democrat or Republicans. And if I'm going to be honest, I don't care. I think it is good to say enough is enough. This is what you shouldn't do. I am bothered, more than bothered, that this is party line instead of right and wrong. Um, that bothers me. Mm-hmm. I hope there's witnesses. I hope there there's enough people that have enough pride in themselves, their country, and their oath of office to actually say, no, we need to call witnesses. We need to make this happen. Um, but I don't know if it's good or bad for the Democrats, but it's good for the country. I'm with you 100% on that latter point, and I do not know about the former. Candace Casillo? Well, Candace, before you go, we got a few more uh, petty names for you. you okay. Want to use, right? Yeah, we got uh, Pettuccini Alfredo, uh, <laughs> Petty, uh, Petty Pendergrass. Petty <laughs> Pendergrass. That's pretty good one, right? I can call a guy That's, that. And uh, Bob on the live stream chat uh, said Manny Petty. <laughs> so uh, yes, I will definitely take these names to all the women. Pettuccini Alfredo. Like Pettuccini Alfredo is pretty good. Pettuccini. I, I gotta go with no. A Petty Labelle is probably that's the really good. That's <laughs> really that's correct. Uh, that Jeanette Taylor's got a million of them. All right, uh, Candace Castillo is her name, and uh, she is a, a great guest. Thank you so much, Candace, for Any, coming. Anything on. you want to plug, promote, or anything like that? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a radio show that I do at 9 a.m. on a radio station uh you could say it it's what? fine you WCPT say it. 820 with uh <laughs> county commissioner brandon johnson sunday mornings what's the name of that station again wc you are fired oh yeah that one yeah. Hey, see you later yeah wcu later uh no i got a lot of friends at wcpt still working there i will not name their names because i'll probably get fired if i do but there are some good people to work me but i don't technically work for the station and um also look out for the united working families general membership meeting that is coming up very soon in the month of february oh we're gonna have to talk about that one i definitely have to talk about that one all right we 
bring you back to talk about that one. Candace. Petty was, Mercury. Petty Mercury. <laughs> right, okay. uh, no, no, I like him. Uh, he's, our next guest is not petty in any way. Dr. D. Sorta. Mr. Bike, Dave Glowatz with the City Council Report. Stick around, everybody. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food. Arts and entertainment. Weekly concert listings. Weekly event listings. The environment. Travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader. Free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. Right now available at chicago.suntimes.com and wherever else you download your favorite podcast, it's this week's edition of the Fran Spielman Show. She had a gentleman by the name of Maurice Cox on the program. He's the planning and development guy from Detroit. Here's more. Are you talking about a massive rewrite of the zoning code? No, um, no. I'm talking about convening a conversation with Chicagoans about the wide cross-section of things that go into making up uh, the quality of life. That's transportation, that's the role of our parks, um, that's uh, housing, what type of housing we want. Uh, the, the sum total of all of those uh, is what I'm talking about. You can't isolate one item uh, because they're all interconnected. Oh, did you like what you heard there? Well, you're going to have to download it to hear the rest. It's the Fran Spielman Show. Maurice Cox, the planning and development man from Detroit. It's the Fran Spielman Show. Get it now at the Chicago Sun-Times website and wherever else you download your favorite podcast. More Ben Jarofsky Show on the way. Hang tight. Hey, commercial break's over. Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from the Chicago Sun-Times. Independent journalist Dave Glowatz does audio and print reporting on Chicagoland government. Find his work on the web at shygov.com and follow him at facebook.com backslash inside gov. That's sh- forward slash. Oh, forward slash. Man. Get it right. Dyslexia. Oh, All right. my God. Shygov.com. It's, it's not as if you're reading it or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Mr. Make Fun of the Guy with Dyslexia. Oh, really? Really caring guy he is. No one's safe on the Ben Jarofsky show. <laughs> I think bad. backslash goes back to AOL. Well, wait, don't you still have an AOL? Uh, you got mail. Yes. <laughs> yes. It, and it does say that. It's still like the sound down. But here's the, the most important thing. Shygov.com. People are going, I thought he's Mr. Bike. Yeah, he's Mr. Bike, but he doesn't bring the bell any. Anymore, right? the, the bell is taking some time off because it was uh, ringing in the new year quite heavily. Oh, that was good. That oh, was yeah, good. He's got, he's got a million of them. Mr. Bike. That's correct. <laughs> Mr. Bike. Correct. Uh, Muller loves Mr. Bike. All right. Uh, so before we bring... Mutual. Dave's got all, all these clips from uh, the uh, city council meeting went down Wednesday. And we're going to analyze and break it apart. Uh, but before we do that, D, you got an update for me? Uh, less of an update, more of a question. To everyone listening on the YouTube live stream chat, before we get out of here, we're going to be reading your comments. A particular American governor has a birthday on Sunday. (laughs) I'm not a perfect person. J.B. Pritzker, Mm. his birthday is on Sunday, and we have just been racking our brains. Mr. Bike, hopefully you can help us out here. The question we're trying to ask here, especially on the YouTube live stream chat... What do you get a guy who has everything for his birthday? You take stuff away. Oh, wow. wow. I thought of that. Wow. That's Dang. like the opposite of a birthday, though. Well, you know, some people like to, they don't like to accumulate stuff, so they like the idea of giving gifts 
on their birthday or at Christmas instead okay. of receiving gifts. Wow, man, I hadn't thought of that. That's why he's Mr. Bike and you're not. Yeah, that's why we're not rich. Either. <laughs> All right. Yeah. It's, well, a very, hey, it's a very present idea. Yeah. What do you get J.B. Pritzker for his birthday? Weigh in on the YouTube live stream chat. We'll be reading your comments before we get out of here. And also, check out the Benny J. Bonus interviews this weekend. Uh, we got quite a few of them. Three, in fact. Uh, who do we got on uh, line? Ben, kind of. Well, let me see. David uh, Ferris, right? David Ferris is, an, if I must say so myself, a great interview. David Ferris, of course, political science professor at Roosevelt University. Time to fight dirty. Boy, do we take apart the CNN uh, worldview as, as displayed in the questions they asked. We talk about impeachment. Uh, we talk about the Democratic strategies. Bernie and Elizabeth Warren. David Ferris really knows his politics. Uh, Donnie Brzezowski, uh, she's running for uh Congresswoman in the 16th Congressional. Going against Kinzinger, right? Yes, very. You're going down, Kinzinger! Uh, Danny's got a lot of interesting things to say. I I think that'll be on Sunday? That'll be a Sunday one, uh, yes. I'm looking for some kind of like nodding or whatever. Uh, Just letting me hang there. Uh, (laughs) No one's safe on the Ben Jarosky show. uh, uh, Danny, she's good. Uh, a, a promising voice for the Democratic Party in, from LaSalle County. And then I uh, haven't done this interview yet, but later today, uh, after the show, we'll do a bonus interview. Mary Wisniewski and Charlie Johnson from the Chicago Tribune uh, talking about the changes the Tribune's facing, the challenges, reporters there. You know, I make fun of the Tribune's editorial board all the time because, man, they write some weird editorials. But got a lot of love, nothing but love for the, uh, the journalists, the people who do the real work at the Chicago Tribune. And I'm with them 100% uh, as they try to save their jobs in the face of some kind of corporate restructuring that totally sucks. So I'll have uh, those journalists in the studio for an interview in about an hour. It's this week's Benny J bonus interviews. Go download them at both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites or wherever else you download your favorite podcasts. Saturday morning, Sunday morning, and Monday morning. Oh, my. <laughs> All right, back to you. Whoa, that's some trippy <laughs> stuff, dude. I meant to do the Robert Mueller, but go ahead. Oh, yeah, I love the Robert Mueller. Anyway, Dave Glowitz, as I said, independent journalist Dave Glowitz does audio and print reporting on Chicagoland government. Find him at shygov.com. He's the man, he's the myth, he's the legend. And you have a whole bunch of bits from this Wednesday's city council meeting. Is that correct? Where a lot of important city business got done. Mm-hmm. It was... Uh, at about four and a half hours, it wasn't the longest city council meeting I've seen, but it was uh, it was something of a marathon. But a couple of hours of those were spent doing just um, honors. And uh, Dennis, I'm going to ask you to play the alpha file here in just a second. Why don't you play it right now, actually? hearing members of the Alpha Kappa Alpha sorority, which was honored for 112 years of existence. And uh, a couple or several city council members are members. This is a female African-American sorority. And the city council spent 20 minutes honoring them and the little concert that went on Who was singing? Dozens of their members were in the audience. Oh, and, uh, and, and they sang that. They were uh, being led by um, by uh, Alder, Alder, Alderwoman uh, uh, um, Sophia King, who was a member. And from what ward is she? For 10 trivia points. 
I don't know. Uh, that, that would be the incorrect question. The correct answer would be fourth ward. Go continue. So yeah, as a journalist, I try to make sure that whenever I make an aldermanic reference, I know what ward it is. <laughs> it's okay. Don't worry about and it. I didn't plan to say her name, actually. So uh, <laughs> got me. Uh, for uh, 10 trivia points, who was her predecessor as the alderman of the fourth ward? I don't know that either. Dennis? I don't know. <laughs> Will Burns, continue. Oh, what a dork. And trivia points, what other uh, governmental body did Will Burns serve in? We got oh, a showdown. On. We got a showdown, <laughs> baby. Come on, man. Come on. You think I was just born yesterday? Give me the ball. All right. Stay that, that, that was easy. Okay. All right. All right. Let's get back to Five the, more trivia points. Who were the other? Where did, he, where did he leave government to go to what private sector? Air. B and B. Ding, 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 ding. Okay. <laughs> Wish I had the bell. Uh, all right. Wait, time out. So who are the other, do you have, do you know who the so, other alder women are who are a member of this um, sorority? That would be alder, uh, Alderman Michelle, who does call herself Alderman, Michelle Harris. Okay. And Alderman Leslie Hairston. Very good. I did not know that. Yeah. So did, but did they, did they join in the singing? Uh, I wasn't looking at them during the singing. I was looking at the audience because it was pretty impressive, all these ladies. Uh, and I don't know if you if you were paying attention, but it was pretty impressive harmony to yeah. what they were doing. Way and better it, than anything we do on this show, that's for sure. Oh, well, yeah. the day is young. <laughs> In addition to that 20-minute um, yeah. honorarium, there were several other honors. There was an honor for a prominent Chicago clergyman, the Reverend Clay Evans, who recently deceased. They honored him for about a half hour. Um, they honored the closing of the theater show Hamilton. They had uh, the main actor there from Hamilton, and they honored that show for about 40 minutes. My God, 40 minutes? 40 minutes. So what do they, when they're honoring? The for... alder, each alderman got to stand up and say how they took their children to it, and their children are singing the songs from the show at home, and... Uh, Things like what economic boost it was to the city because it brought so many people to uh, spend money on dinner and transportation, things of that nature. Hmm. Um, they honored the retirement of 38th Ward Alderman Nick Spazato from the Chicago Fire Department. Hmm. They did that for about 15 minutes. That's it? Wait a minute. <laughs> Hamilton gets 40 minutes and well, our good friend Nick Spazzato only gets 15? Their, in their defense, Spazzato, several of, them, several of them said that Spazzato specifically asked them not to say, not to like. I don't believe on. any of that. Oh, so, don't say anything. Okay, come on, come on. So no, imagine, not so another imagine word. we're an hour and a half into the meeting and I'm sitting there thinking, <laughs> I got to bring audio clips to Ben's show. <laughs> and uh, what am I going to, you know, it's like, and then. You know, that city council, they came through for us. <laughs> yeah, just when you least you yeah, expected the, the, it. What happened then was uh, a very the dramatic moment, uh, resolution, uh, the approval of a resolution that calls for the chief pur purchasing officer and the Department of Procurement Services to make business development resources available to lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender business enterprises, which gives us a new acronym, LGBTBEs. That's what they're called. Mm -hmm. And um, the resolution, I have a copy of it right here. Oh, if wow. you're keeping score at home, it's <laughs> SR2019-685, okay. sponsored by the mayor, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, and Alderman Andre Vasquez of the 40th Ward. Originally introduced to the city council in September of 2019, and if I'm not mistaken, you guys spoke about this recently, yes. just a couple of days ago. You spoke about it after it passed the 
uh, City Council Committee on Contracting Oversight and Equity. We, we also spoke about it earlier today. We're uh-huh. speaking a lot about it uh, we, when, when Candace Castillo was before you got into the studio when you were in route on a bike, right? I was on a bike. Okay, yeah. yeah. So go ahead. And tailwind. I'm thankful, thankful for that too. So the that oversight committee was um, that approval happened the day before the city council meeting. So immediately the following day, <laughs> the Sun Times, my beloved bright one, put it on the front page. City hall contract drama. <laughs> Apparently, some of the aldermen in the city council meeting on Wednesday had not yet seen it, and not had seen that there. Photos <laughs> were plastered all over the sometimes. When you do that, <laughs> that's good radio. So there, yeah, there was significant debate, I guess, at the committee meeting on Tuesday. And uh, what we're going to listen to is some of the debate that happened on Wednesday. And Dennis, the first one we're going to listen to is the Lopez file. And, the Lopez um, file. <laughs> <laughs> so just a little bit on this right. resolution yeah. that, that was so controversial. It requires the Department of Procurement Service Procurement Services to do three things. First, it's to gather data mm-hmm. on these business enterprises, LGBT business enterprises, how much they are seeking uh, city contracts and the degree to which they're getting city contracts, and even whether they exist, like how many LGBT BEs are there um, present in the city. Secondly, it it asks the department to establish relationships with what they call uh, assistance agencies. So whoever provides assistance, like a there's an LGBT Chamber of Commerce. Mm-hmm. So it asks the department to reach out to them and find out what services are available to these business enterprises on behalf those enterprises. And then lastly, it asked the department to report on all this stuff in one year mm-hmm. to the mayor's office. So after that was introduced, the first alderman to speak uh, on this resolution was a member of the city council's LGBT caucus, which has five members, and his name is Alderman Ray Lopez. He's from the South Side's 15th Ward, and let's hear what he had to say. Ray Lowe. I reluctantly rise in support of this resolution, not because I don't believe that it is a worthy discussion, and certainly not because I don't support the LGBT community being one of the five members of the caucus here. I'm concerned because the opportunity to be manipulated is very great for something that we have no test, have no documentation, no way to verify. We know that we can verify ethnic origin. We know we can identify and verify sex military status. And even if we're so bold one day to put it set aside for ex-offenders, we can verify that too. But how do you have the gay test? How do you verify that you're a part of a community? There's a risk. I think the city of Chicago should be open to everybody, but we have to be careful. And I commend you and I commend Alderman Vasquez for bringing this conversation forward. But I just say, do it cautiously. Do it in a way so that we don't have the unintended consequences of trying to help our community with an unexpected entry for those who don't necessarily qualify and we have no way of verifying. And Dennis, we're going to do more next. Um, So Alderman Lopez Mm. encapsulates, I think, the concern that other aldermen expressed that given that there has been abuse around the Minority Business Enterprise and the Women Business Enterprise, which has um, programs which have set-asides for 
the percentage of contracts for city, uh, the percentage of awards for city contracts for those enterprises, those have been abused by, say, you know, white people who have, uh, who are fronting for, um, who have uh, MBE or WBE uh, enterprises that uh, are fronting for these white people. Mm -hmm. Lopez says, given that those abuses are there, he's looking ahead to saying, well, how are we going to be able to verify that, you know, these other enterprises, as he says, how do we do the gay test, aren't going to be subject to the same abuses. And he um, he is, as he said, a, a caucus member of the LGBT caucus. So it's interesting. Well, I, I have to say this is the, I think you also played excerpts of uh, Ray Lowe's testimony the last time we were in the show. I forget what the issue was, but I remember uh, you playing Ray Lowe. And I was on the budget. I was on the budget. I'll say it again. I said it then. I'll say it again. He's come a long way uh, as an alderman. I remember when he was a freshman alderman. Uh, what he's saying is absolutely true. And he did it in a very respectful way, I thought, and pointed out the obvious that uh, he didn't say it directly in, in uh, uh, the excerpt you played. But in the city of Chicago, the impulse seems to be uh, if you can steal a little something, you're going to steal a little something. And we were just talking about this earlier in the show, uh, Dave, when you were still on your bike ride coming out here. Uh, the, the report that was in today's newspapers about some investigator uh, for the city of Chicago who uses access to private files to pass on the information that was supposedly privileged information to an attorney. So the attorney, the police, the police investigation, I'm like, man, I've heard of every scam in the city of Chicago. Here's a new one that even I hadn't thought of before. So, yeah, absolutely, the scams that could uh, could result uh, from set aside contracts to people who claim they're uh, gay and there's no proof. And so, I, I definitely think uh, he's he's onto something. But I'll say that I, he did it in a very respectful way, uh, and, and she, saying that he was going to support yes. the resolution. So, give uh, Raylo credit there. So next we're going to listen to Alderman David Moore of the 17th Ward on the South Side. Let's hear what he had to say. As we sat in committee the other day, that question for me just kept coming up, and I wasn't getting the answer because that better means that something is wrong. And maybe I don't know what that something is wrong is, and that's why I've been asking. Yesterday, I did not get that answer. As I reached out and as I'm looking and I'm seeing that even members of the gay caucus did not sign off on this and wasn't co-sponsors on it, it made me just question even more. It's a big issue right now that we should be fighting this gay homelessness because that's what I'm hearing. A lot of our kids are on the streets and getting kicked out of the house because they're gay. That frustrates me. And those are the things I want to fight for. What I'm hearing is a problem. So I was frustrated somewhat yesterday that a guy from Washington is doing all the talking and no one from Chicago was saying anything. No one from the community was saying, we got a problem here. I felt insulted because I felt like they had one young black man up there to appease the black people to say, hey, this is okay. And he barely said anything. I was offended by that. As I brought up to the man from Washington, as he's talking about this is in L.A., California, I said, okay. He said, well, we increase LGBT numbers high. I said, how many of that was African-American? He couldn't give me answers. I'm going to ask for that breakdown. And if I'm not seeing that increase, then that concerns me. Until I can get some more answers, I cannot support this resolution today. And I would ask that we have a roll call on this. Dennis, we're going to do Haddon next. 
Um, so let's unpack a couple things here. Mm-hmm. Alderman Moore speaks of this expert from Washington, and apparently in the Tuesday committee meeting, the expert that they had was from an organization called the LGBT Chamber of Commerce, which is headquartered in Washington, D.C., and this expert was talking about how they have been an assistance agency for other municipalities that have tried to work to help assist um, LGBT business enterprises. So he's he uh, Alderman Moore was wondering why there weren't some more local experts talking about the problems of LGBT businesses. Uh, the question that he had was, to what degree have these efforts assisted LGBT business enterprises? And he said that he didn't get an answer. A question that I have that I'm not aware was asked is, what is this going to cost, this resolution? Because if you look at the resolution, it asks for not just a study of what are the challenges facing these business enterprises, mm-hmm. but it asks the Department of Procurement Services to actually go out and create a clearinghouse of information of technical assistance for LGBT business enterprises. It asks to establish relationships with these so-called assistance agencies. In other words, it's asking them to do some work. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, is that in the city's budget to have done that work? Are they going to go and do a contract to some agency to have them go and do it? Those are questions I didn't hear. So it's, an, it's, a, it's a question that remains in my mind. Yeah, well, it's a, uh, you always want to know the cost of, of something going out. I would say this falls under the category within reason of a cost uh, worth uh, undertaking. But the, the point that I was... Oh, by the way, at, I did reach out to the Department of Procurement Services to ask that question. I didn't get an answer. They didn't get back. They didn't get back. Oh, they, <laughs> they didn't get back to you. All right. Wait, hold on. Ring, ring. Oh, there they are right <laughs> now. Uh, but the other point uh, that David Moore uh, was raising, he was talking about a, a problem of kids on the street and homelessness on the street. And this is... Uh, I gather what he was saying is we're we're dealing this we have a really this is a really important he was prioritizing if you will uh, and we're not dealing with this very important problem and we're dealing with the secondary problem so that was the issue he's, but the the thing he said he's going to call for a vote so he's going to make everybody put it but they were just going to approve it on a voice vote until he did that well, this interesting uh, technicality with the city council is that they have the option of not doing, they actually don't do a roll call vote on most issues, is they'll do often a roll call vote for something at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then what they did in this um, meeting and have done in a lot of meetings is say, I just want the approval of this to be tacked on to the approval of thing we approved earlier. But he Hmm. said, I don't want that on this one. I want a roll call vote. So he wanted obviously to he wanted record. to be able to say uh, he voted no because he was the only no vote. It was forty seven to one, as I recall. It was, and he was <laughs> no vote. So he wanted the roll call vote so he could say I voted no. David Moore, seventeenth ward. What else you got? So these two were sort of immediately rebutted next by the forty ninth ward's Maria Haddon from the north side. And let's listen to what she had to say. By the way, uh, Miss Port, what do you think about your title? Uh, City Council Correspondent. You're the new, you like that? <laughs> You're the triple C. Can I get a badge? Yes. We'll work on it. We're working on that. The t-shirt's coming. So Alderman It's Hatton. difficult to figure out whether to react with humor or with anger to this discussion. I hear lots of words like verification, test, 
people demanding proof, and that makes me feel all kinds of negative ways about pretty much every argument for every minority and marginalized group that we have ever dealt with in this country and listening to every dominant group try and find ways to exclude them and be afraid about what you're going to lose Yesterday, we'll see on the front page of the paper, two respected members of this body featured because they are making light of LGBT issues. Just because you don't understand something, just because it's not your personal experience, does not mean that it is appropriate for you to make light of it. If you have questions, you should get answers. We need to do better. Like, we need to do better, guys. This is a study. We don't know problems until we're told problems. And if someone's coming up with a resolution, it means that we've had groups that say discrimination is an issue. I don't think we need a study to tell us whether this is an issue. We are going to do a study to figure out whether the city of Chicago is going to um, and should extend business services and to think about this. As someone who is part of a racial minority group, I absolutely share some of the same concerns of making sure that we've got a good policy and a program that doesn't do damage to the types of programs that we already have for our women and minority-owned businesses. Yeah, we got to do better, you guys. Being afraid and not understanding something is never an excuse to outright dismiss it. That is, we're going to do Tunney next. Um, Ms. Haddon draws out an important distinction, I think. She says that this is a study. And that's true. According to the, um, the resolution, it doesn't, re- doesn't ask to create contracting set-asides for LGBT business enterprises, as the city currently has for minority and women mm-hmm. business enterprises. So given that it's not going down that road, evidently, the question that I have to ask myself is, is uh, this idea of verification a concern about verification, what Alderman uh, Lopez called the gay test? Is that even a valid question if these qualified business, if any business enterprise that qualifies as LGBT, if they're only getting technical assistance? Mm-hmm. Do we care about, you know, how, how rigorous does this verification have to be? Mm. Yeah. Uh, well, I put it to you this way, uh, and this gets at the heart of, like the legitimate part of the discussion as opposed to the theatrics and the bad attempts at humor. Uh, For years and years and years, the city of Chicago had been wrestling with the issue of trying to use its resources to uh, help black people, poor black people in neighborhoods that got locked out. And this is, goes back to the 60s. I was saying this yesterday or the day before, and I've been saying it over and over, and, and I understand the concern that David Moore or Walter Burnett or Jason Irvin have. Uh, here comes uh, another program. Are black people going to get locked out again? And I totally understand and respect that. I think they, could, they did a disservice uh, to the issue they were raising when they made references to uh, the Adam Sandler comedy, which the name of which I can't remember. Uh, but... Aside from their clumsy attempts at being wise guys. um, That was Alderman Burnett. Alderman Burnett, yes. Leave the comedy to the professionals. Uh, By the way, there's a Walter Burnett cut right there. Uh, (laughs) Catch him at Zanies this weekend. (laughs) The Walter Burnett cut, which was uh, presented to us by Carlos Ramirez Rosa. The film is, according to the Sun-Times, it says, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Yeah, no, that was the name of the movie. It was a really stupid joke. Anyway, it's a legitimate concern. That's all I'm saying. Well, uh, you have a, uh, a clip you're going to play? 
Yes, uh, so um, representing sort of the uh, broader city reaction uh, is one way to look at it is um, Alderman Tom Tunney of the 44th Ward on the north side, and let's hear what he had to say. I rise to support and resolution. I was not at the hearing, but as the dean of the LGBT caucus, this is not a new issue to the city council. I brought this up, if I'm not mistaken, my first term, I mean 2003 to five, somewhere in that range. I got more pushback from my own community than I did from the broader community at the time. And I'll tell you why, because I'm a privileged white guy. I got pushback from the women's community and the Hispanic and African-American community about divvying up a pot among privileged white guys. I withheld that ordinance, I believe, at the request of the LGBT community at that time. So I am in support and actually would ask David Moore if he would not do a roll call vote. We don't need to put ourselves in a situation where we're more divisive about grants and contracts and such. I looked at the resolution and it said many LGBT business people are owners. No, they're not. They're just the same amount as everybody else. So I I think that this is a first step. Let's take a look at it. Let's look at the recommendations. Maybe they'll say that things aren't that much different and that we need to make sure that we have opportunities to level the playing field for women and other minority-owned businesses. And folks, we're not there yet. As you all know, that's my two cents worth. Dennis, we're going to do Lightfoot next. So it seems that Alderman Tunney is striking a, a sort of a conciliatory note. He is not anxious to have aldermen go on the record for how they want to vote on this, because mm-hmm. he, 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 I, I think he suspects that that will uh, just sort of throw gasoline on the fire. And he this was echoed by a couple other aldermen who rose to say, why can't we all just get along? And that was uh, Alderman Irvin went on at length about that, as did Alderman Dowell. So um, that... I think that that's all I'm going to play for the aldermen who um, had things to say. I, the, I think the rest uh, sort of reiterated what we've heard so far. Comments? I mean, they have a, uh, uh, Alderman Lightfoot, Mayor Lightfoot. Let's hear. So it was uh, Mayor, Mayor Lightfoot rose, and um, I don't think anyone was expecting it. And uh, it was it was she spoke for several minutes. And at the beginning, I'll just point out that it sounds like she's reading but at one point when I was taking notes, I looked up and saw that she was speaking actually off the cuff. So here's Mayor Lightfoot. Here we go. This little oh, item. Sorry, wrong clip. <laughs> <laughs> I don't normally speak during city council debates, and I won't use this privilege often. But I feel compelled to speak to this issue. When I was a child, I grew up at a time when racial discrimination was very much on the table. And I heard and witnessed and experienced a lot of offensive, harmful things said in my presence as a black child. As a child, I didn't have the words, the voice, or the strength to speak up. And I bear the shame of my silence to this day. When I was coming out in my 20s, similarly, I was worried about how I would be perceived. And I let people say terrible things about gays and lesbians in my presence and I was silent. I will be silent no more on any issue when people say and do things that are offensive and racist. I feel like I have an obligation to speak. It's not the questions that are the problem. It is the content of the questions and the offensive nature of the tone 
and the questions and the concerns, in quotes, that were expressed. And as a leader, as a black gay woman, proud on all fronts, I have to say I'm disturbed by the nature of the committee discussion and the nature of discussion here today. We need not ask anyone's indulgence, patience, or forgiveness or acceptance to be who we are and who we love. And that will never happen as long as I am in this body. And it's also shameful for any member of a discriminated community to give indulgence to offensive words spoken by someone else in some ways that's even worse. My friends, the pie is big enough to slice it in lots of other ways. What we are asking for is data, a study to determine where we are. And yes, of course, we need to work on other issues, but we need not victimize, demonize, and discriminate through our words against anyone else because we are worried about what the size of the pie is going to be for me. So please, our children are watching. Please choose your words carefully in this body. We are leaders. People look to us. They will take our words seriously as they should. Of course, ask questions. That's what a deliberative body does. But do it in a way that doesn't demonize or victimize anyone else. So the applause went on for much longer than I have recorded here. And it's interesting. it was interesting for me to note that the applause started in the gallery. The audience got on its feet immediately. And after about five or seven seconds, the alderman looked around and said, Maybe we should get up. And uh, the alderman. Applause. Oh, it's a little slow. <laughs> huh, it may be a good idea. <laughs> so Mayor Lightfoot put a sort of edge on it that yeah. wasn't there up until that point. And I heard you talking about it the other day. It's like, well, you know, she was um, very adamant and she clearly felt a certain way. And one wonders, was she finding fault where there was necessarily fault to be found? She she accused Alderman of doing a couple things. One is to uh, sort of being insinuating, like the Alderman were insinuating, uh, they were hiding their offensiveness by in in some uh, technical terms. She said, you know, the, she talked about the content of their questions. As she says, asking questions isn't bad; it's what was in your questions, which I didn't like. And she said that there were not her words, mine, apologists in among the ranks for the gay, uh, what I, I, I am inferring she meant that there were gay aldermen who were saying, oh, it's okay to ask those questions. And she found that offensive mm-hmm. too. So the, there's a couple things to unpack there. And it was, a, I, I think many people were surprised by those comments. Well, I got to say this, uh, her line about, uh, we'll be silent no more, or, um, how she's not going to be uh, silent anymore. I was very powerful and I uh, appreciate her saying that and standing up to that. Uh, and uh, I feel she was uh, absolutely right on uh, to call the alderman out uh, for the silliness of the arguments that they were raising and how they were trivializing uh, issues, very important issues, with the reference to the Adam Sandler com- comedy, which I always forget the name of uh, because it's not my favorite Adam Sandler comedy. Here I was defending Adam Sandler a little while ago, and he's getting trashed her. Sorry, um, Sandman. Uh, that said... I uh, I talked about this the other day. 
Uh, this is a sensitive issue to me, the notion of a pie in the city of Chicago and getting div uh, divvied up. I've been writing about city politics for a long, long time, Dave, and you've been talking to me. We've been talking about city politics for a long time, and that is the essential metaphor uh, that I've been troubled by, not the metaphor itself, but the way the the pie gets divided and it's been unfairly divided for many years and it we got off at the start uh, with Lori Lightfoot's administration with it continually being unfairly divided and I'm listening to all these aldermen talk about this resolution and I'm like this is interesting all these aldermen are defending this resolution voted for uh the old handout that we gave 1.3 billion dollars which is real money legitimate amounts of money just got thrown out you talk about the pie getting divided you know I didn't hear any great debate about the pie getting divided when they were divvying up a huge chunk of it to the north side of the city of Chicago so well, I wonder whether their constituents were as aware of that as they are aware of this. We heard um, Alderman uh, Moore talk about um, the the sort of the homeless issue in his in his ward, and and I can, that's a much more visible thing than tax increment financing. Well, no, I could say, but tax increment financing is property tax dollars uh, that get divided. So think about all your property tax dollars as a giant pie, to use Lori uh, Lightfoot's metaphor, and how that pie gets distributed. You could spend the money dealing with homelessness, youth homelessness. You could spend that money dealing with the problems that uh, gay kids have when they... Uh, uh, when they get kicked out of the house or feel compelled to leave the house because their parents are abusive and don't understand them. So you could spend some of that dollars with uh, money for youth services uh, or ho housing shelters, or you could spend that money underwriting an upscale development in an already gentrifying neighborhood. And so I what the mayor chose to emphasize <laughs> is interesting. And I, I want to play one more. We're going to do the Burnett. And by the way, I did not hear one alderman get up at the city council meeting when they were dealing out the pie. We're going to use the pie metaphor. <laughs> Okay, I did not hear one alderman get up and go, hey, we need more money for youth services for gay kids. I didn't hear an alderman get up and say, we need more money for more mental health clinics. So it is an issue of how you divvy up the pie. And I do think you have to be respectful in the rhetoric you use in the Chicago City Council. And you should try to refrain from making allusions to really bad Adam Sandler comedies. But the issue of the pie and how it gets divvied up is a legitimate issue. Go ahead. So speaking of the Adam Sandler comedy, the, the alderman who spoke on that was Alderman Walter Burnett of the 27th Ward on the west side. And he spoke before the mayor did. And here's what he had to say. This is Burnett? Yes. All right. Did I give you that one? I'm not seeing Burnett on okay, here. But boy, see. I got to tell you, I'm craving pie right now. <laughs> <laughs> I have a bagel. I have oh. a bagel here. <laughs> if, I, if I didn't give you a Burnett, don't worry about it. All right. Um, so that was pretty much it. So even though the fact that um, there were several aldermen who expressed concerns, as you said earlier, Ben, the vote was 47 to 1. Then the only person who voted against in the roll call vote was Alderman Moore. Um, the uh, two aldermen who were missing for that vote were on this piece of paper, not here on this piece of paper. Yeah, I was wondering who those were. It was Maldonado and, uh, sorry, don't have it. Uh, it's all right. Uh, so he was not one of the, uh, he was not there. It was he was there one. at the meeting. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if he walked out of the room so he wouldn't have to be recorded. I'm not sure what happened there. Mm. So that was that discussion. The other, the other, the only couple more things that I don't know. Do you want to have anything else to say about? No, that? I've, uh, I on. think I've uh, orated enough. <laughs> <laughs> Got Dennis hungry for pie. 
but uh, it's something I feel very strongly about. And it's just interesting uh, that uh, Mayor Lightfoot used the pie analogy. There. <laughs> I'm getting all hungry, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> are there any good pie places? Yeah. <laughs> you can have a half a bagel, like I said. <laughs> Sorry, hey. uh, so I'll just talk about a couple more things that happened at this meeting. We're going to do 606 next, Dennis. Um, there were ah, the gentrification. Two, uh, yeah, there were two key appointments that passed uh, the city council, and both of these were for heads of departments that were already acting, uh, and uh, but and had not been approved. The first one was for the Chicago Department of Transportation, otherwise known as CDOT. The uh, commissioner's name is Gia Biaggi. She was approved. I don't think there was any controversy around there. The one that was somewhat controversial was the head of the Chicago Department of Public Health, Allison Arwadi, Arwadi, I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly. Um, when that came before the city council initially, mm -hmm. this acting commissioner was not approved because some aldermen objected to the fact that the city, the administration has not followed through on reinstating closed mental health clinics. And some aldermen were using that as a uh, stick against which, with which to sort of beat back uh, this, this acting commissioner's approval. Apparently, the administration has worked behind the scenes to uh, assure aldermen that the administration is devoting more resources to mental health services. And so this time they approved mm. the commissioner. And they're happy with how that pie is being divided, huh? There was no uh, discussion about mm, it. Yeah, the, just to remind everybody, uh, in 2011, uh, Mayor Emanuel and the city council, city council approved it by a 50 to nothing vote, closed six mental health clinics. Uh, shame, shame on the city. Same shame on Mayor Rahm. And, uh, um, and Lori Lightfoot, as a candidate, uh, promised to open some of those clinics. I don't know if she ever stipulated how many. And uh, as mayor, her first budget does not open them, but uh, she has said that she'll spend money to, to on private entities. To So we shall see. Yeah, in fact, during her <clears throat> initial confirmation, her hearings, Ms. Arwadi said that it was not the administration's plan to open, yeah, any, I don't open know. any of those. I, do, no, I will never understand the reservation to opening more mental health clinics. Um, my God, just think about what the example that David Moore gave about uh, homeless kids who feel compelled to leave their home. Uh, but I would say we need more social services in the city, not less. Uh, so, and I'm a little disappointed in the administration for not opening them, but we'll see. Maybe they're maybe they're onto something I don't know about. Maybe it's, it's a better way of treating uh, mental health issues by having fewer services available to people. Though. I think they're a little budget shy too. I think this administration is hesitant or is reluctant to uh, put in place more things that involve infrastructure, which a, you know a brick a brick and mortar clinic would be. As opposed to infrastructure for upscale apartments, <laughs> I, I know there's infrastructure they like and infrastructure they don't like. Uh, oh, infrastructure good for upscale I'm, housing. I'm not, That's really I love it. I'm not advocating for, for the health. argument. I mean, infrastructure is infrastructure. You can pay doing anything. You can build a, a clinic. You can build an upscale condominium. You know, hey, like, how about mental health clinics at the 78 and Lincoln Yards? No, uh, that I. 
uh, think that as in general, uh, I would be cheering the mayor on. By the way, I actually began the show today. I don't know if you heard that part, cheering on the planning commissioner who was interviewed by Fran Spalin on her show, uh, which is uh, taped right here in this studio. And you can download it on Chicago Sun-Times websites or wherever else you download podcasts. That's correct. So and, commissioner uh, Maurice Cox. Yeah, he sounded just like me with his, his response to big ticket TIFF program. And he like, dressed way better than you. <laughs> <laughs> I was here for the interview. Yeah, well, it doesn't take much to dress better than no. I do. Well, David Reifman wasn't a bad dresser. Yeah, he was a very good dresser, but he, uh, when it came to how he divided the pie, <laughs> to use Lori Lightfoot's metaphor, somehow or other, the pie wasn't big enough for poor people in the city of Chicago. It was just only more for the wealthy. How about the Hoosier Mama Pie Company? It's on Chicago Avenue. What do you say we all go there this weekend? What huh? made you think of that? I looked online for pie companies. Yeah, Hoosier. Hoosier Mama. Chicago Avenue in Evanston, I, I want to I believe the proprietor's from Indiana. That's where the name comes from. Get it? Uh, Hoosier, who H O O? I believe that Chicago Wait, H O O S I E R. I believe that Chicago Avenue is in Evanston. Take a look. Yeah, and that's bordering on a bad pun. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, all right, uh, Indiana. So finally, speaking of large uh, upscale developments, the th- the other thing that uh, I think is of note that passed at this meeting was a, an ordinance that creates a six-month moratorium on demolitions, on, on uh, property demolitions mm-hmm. near what's called the 606, and w- which other people call the Bloomingdale Trail, which is on the near north side, just north of North Avenue. It's about a three-mile-long three pedestrian bicycling trail. And the aim of this ordinance is to stem redevelopment that's gone on crazily there uh, since it was since the 606 opened and a recent study showed just how much property values have appreciated and one of the ways that it's happened is that uh, people have sold their single family homes or their two flats developers developers came in and put in McMansions and the like and property values have soared and it's, uh, uh, rents of course have gone up uh, wildly as well so two aldermen, uh, Maldonado of the 26th and uh, Ramirez Rosa of the 35th, originally proposed an ordinance a while back uh, to put an 18-month moratorium on demolitions to see if they couldn't stabilize this phenomenon. The administration pushed back immediately. And, uh, in fact, Alderman Scott Wagesback of the 32nd Ward on the north side also pushed back. He he says he thinks that it's probably not legal and would be challenged in court. So Maldonado and Ramirez Rosa evidently got a compromise with the administration, and that's what the final ordinance embodies. It's uh, a six-month moratorium on, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, on demolitions uh, till August. And one of the interesting things that happened is this passage came in twenty seconds. <laughs> it is at the a long list or about a list of seven items read by the chairman of the Committee on Housing and Real Estate, uh, Harry o- Osterman. And um, it was it happened this quick. Let's hear how quickly it went. Final item is a substituted ordinance calling for the temporary moratorium of demolition permits within the 606 area from February 1st, 2020 until uh, August 1st, 2020, in the first 26th and 35th wards. I move past to this item by the same motion if there's no objection. Hearing no objection, so ordered. 
So passage by the same motion is one of those things I talked about earlier. We're going to tack it on to a yeah. previous approval. I was sitting in the press box, and reporters looked at each other and said, did they just pass that? Yeah. You know, it was it was that quick. And she said, no objection. Did, did they, that, nobody she had said, time to object. That's very, <laughs> very common. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> as as Dalia and, and um, Emmanuel did before her, she uh, she's learned to do that. Oh, yeah. Hearing no objection. Oh, they, that's one of the fringe benefits of being made. Get that gavel. Hey, hear no objections. So it, I don't I don't know if it's deliberate to have this so flying so much under the radar. It wasn't, and like and on any printed agenda that I could see, like the other six items that Osterman yeah brought up were all available on the city council agenda, online and in print. And then I looked before I came here, there's a city clerk's uh, legislation tracking website. It doesn't show any updated status since December. So yeah. it doesn't say, you know, usually it says that once things are approved. So that's a, a curious thing. Well, you gotta do- uh, they're divvying up the pie uh, <laughs> for developers uh, along the 606. They got to get their piece of the pie, too. By the way, there's two Hoosier Mamas. And there one is in Chicago Avenue in Evanston. My one is in Evanston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. But there's another one. Okay. We're all going out for uh, yeah. pie after this. Uh, yeah, I. That's uh, um, interesting. It was passed like, uh, just like that. I re- re- brings to mind how they passed the. Uh, uh, God, this is one of our favorite topics back in the day. The TIF handout to build the DePaul basketball arena and the uh, Marriott Hotel. This is back in the day when Mayor Rahm was calling the shots. And I believe the head of housing was Ray Suarez. And they did it like on a, a vote. <laughs> Nobody knew what had happened. Have it, have it. What went down? So here's the interesting thing. When we talk about divvying up the pie, okay? When it comes to uh, divvying up the pie, perhaps, uh, to, uh, you know, get uh, more gay, uh, uh uh, black people, uh, a piece of the pie. There's long debate about it. Everybody's orating on it. This, that, the other thing. They have a roll call vote. When it comes to divvying up the pie for developers at 606 to, uh, you know, kind of bury the little proposal to halt uh, construction in that area to maybe not uh, fuel the flames of gentrification. Right out the window. No debate. No riots. It's well, funny I'm, who gets I'm, the pie divvied up. I'm curious to, as to what things are going on in the background with Alderman Ramirez Rosa and uh, Alderman Maldonado working with the Department of Planning and Development to figure out what are we trying to learn in this six-month moratorium. Yeah. You know, and, and at, when August comes, what are the criteria for determining what to do next? That's, that's what's not clear at all to me. All right, very good. We have run out of time and pie uh, with this section of the Dave Glowetz. Uh, our what do we call him? Uh, city Council Correspondent. Our City the Triple Council, C. <laughs> triple C. He's also known. Can I get some teletype sound uh, effect for that later on? Yeah, I'll get that for next time you come. <laughs> he's also known as Mr. Bike, and he's uh, the independent journalist Dave Glowetz does audio and print reporting on Chicago land government. Find his work on the web at shygov.com. I also want to thank uh, Candace Castillo. Great job she did, as always, talking national politics. Uh, Ramana Hussein uh, in the early part of the show. Uh, Miles Porter, and of course, the man, the myth, the legend. Before we go, we got to uh, read uh, our comments here on the YouTube live stream chat. We're trying to figure this out because it's his birthday on Sunday. What do you get, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker, when he already has everything? Big thank you to everybody who weighed in on the YouTube live stream chat. We'll read a few of your comments. Once again, the question, what the hell do you get a billionaire for his birthday? (laughs) Mr. Bike said, you take away things. Or get him his his own house speaker. Oh, there we go. I like that. 
I like that. Uh, all right, so we got Steven. Steven weighed in. He said, well, you can get him a copy of Propaganda about the evil of wealth concentration. Okay. <laughs> wonder who he's voting uh, for yeah. in the 2020 primary, huh? Bernie? Bernie. Bernie? Yeah. Yeah, it's a Bernie guy. Yeah, man, let's do it. Uh, Bruce Bruce. What's up, Bruce Bruce? Bruce Bruce says for J.B. Pritzker's birthday, well, of course, you get him a talking horse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's very good. Car, we're sending you a car. No, no, because <laughs> we're getting KMA Barry the car. His uh, comment made him today's live chat <laughs> champion. Congratulations, KMA Barry. What to get JB Pritzker for his birthday on Sunday? KMA Barry said, "Well, JB <laughs> needs a new puppy because, of course, and for the record, I love puppies." <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, uh, KMA Barry. You're today's live chat champion. Blue Mustang is in the mail, not. It's uh, in there. Uh, yeah, it's flying. Did you just deliver it? Yeah. Oh, it's a, it's, it's in, in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> All right, very good. As I was saying, uh, the pride and joy of Alton, Illinois. And as uh, Mr. Bike will tell you, back home in Alton, they call him White Lightning. Give yourself a raise, take it out of petty cash. Have a great weekend, everybody. Hey, and remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows and Benny J bonus interviews like this weekend's Benny J bonus interviews at both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites and wherever else you download your favorite podcast. Downloaders, we live stream this program. It's true. We encourage you to check it out sometime. Tuesdays through Fridays, 1 until 3 p.m. Central Time at both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites and the Chicago Sun-Times YouTube channel. Watch us live. Get a good load of those radio faces we got. And join in on the YouTube live stream chat. That thing I just did, J.B. Pritzker's birthday, you can join in on something like that if you check out the YouTube live stream chat, hang out with like-minded people, and a few conservative trolls. It's a good time. We'll see everybody on Tuesday. That's correct. Have you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian? Or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or, how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today.